50 today to close out our Storytellers series. And, and like I said, I've been excited about this. I've been planning on uh, preaching this since we started uh, the series Storytellers. Uh, so I've never preached on this subject before, and I'm super excited, even though it's in a video, to share this with you today. Um, hopefully, hopefully it'll give you a little bit of encouragement, but also, uh, you know, challenge you in an area of your life that I think is one of the most difficult areas to surrender to God. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Psalm chapter 50, even right there in front of your computer, just open up your Bible and follow along with us. I'll be reading from my uh, phone today. Uh, Psalm chapter 50 in the NIV reads like this. This is a Psalm of Asaph. The mighty one, God, the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to where it sets. From Zion, perfect in beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes and will not be silent. A A fire devours before him, and around him a tempest rages. He summons the heavens above and the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me this consecrated people who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens proclaim his righteousness, for he is a God of justice. Listen, my people, and I will speak. I will testify against you, Israel. I am God, your God. And here's where we really begin the meat of what we're going to talk about in the next couple of minutes. Really, this is going to be a little bit shorter, 15 or 20 minutes, and and you can get back to um, making your final preparations. I bring no charges against you concerning your sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are ever before me. I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens, for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and all that is in it. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High and call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. But to the wicked person, God says, what right have you to recite my laws or take my covenant on your lips? You hate my instruction and cast my words behind you. When you see a thief, you join with him and throw in your lot with adulterers. You use your mouth for evil and harness your tongue to deceit. You sit and testify against your brother and slander your own mother's son. When you did these things and I kept silent, you thought I was exactly like you. But I now arraign you and set my accusations before you. Consider this, you who forget God, or I will tear you to pieces with no one to rescue you. Those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me, and to the blameless I will show my salvation. What we're going to be talking about today for just a few minutes is on the subject of giving. Now, before you, um, before you kind of get any kind of crazy ideas in your head, we are talking about money talking about finances. We're talking about giving today. And no, the church is not in trouble. We're doing very well, actually. Um, I, I wasn't planning to do this just to because we need uh, extra support. I'm not trying to get something from you. The church is not out of money. Uh, what I really, really, really want for you is not something from you, but I actually want you to give your all 
to Jesus. So why are we talking about money? Well, you see, money uh, is a very, very complicated and complex issue. In fact, Jesus talks about money more than he talks about heaven and hell combined in the New Testament. So the thing Jesus talks the most about is money. And so we want to spend a couple of minutes talking about that today in our Storytellers series uh, because words like divorce and bankruptcy are cousins. The, the number one uh, stress in most marriages center around financial problems. Because if a college kid graduates, not counting his or her student loans, just extra debt that they've piled on, that debt is typically around six to $10,000, not including student loans. See, money is an important, our economy is in the pits. And now with Hurricane Irene blasting through the East Coast, they're estimating billions of dollars of damage. And that portion of the country, uh, from here all the way up through New England, uh, I, I heard on the news is, a, is worth daily about 20-some billion dollars worth of economy. And we're going to lose some of that in the next couple of days. So we're, we're going to talk about it because it's, it's important. Because Jesus talks about it, because we find it right here in the book of Psalm, chapter book of Psalms, chapter fifty, a Psalm of Asaph. You know, my um, my ministry background I spent a lot of time in youth ministry, and I've seen I've seen kids do all sorts of crazy things for money. I've seen I've seen kids drink this this concoction of of about 30 different things you'd find in the kitchen that eventually leaves that kid in his uh, cabin at a, at a youth camp unable to come out because he can't get that far away from the bathroom just because somebody offered him uh, 25 bucks to drink a cup of this stuff. People do some crazy things for money. I saw one kid, uh, he came into youth group on a Wednesday night and he didn't have any eyebrows. He had no eyebrows. He'd shaved them off. I said, dude, why don't you have any eyebrows? He said, somebody offered me 15 bucks each eyebrow that I would shave off, so I took it. I said, dude, I would have offered you $30 to keep your eyebrows. But see, people do all sorts of crazy things with money. You know what the, the, the craziest, most insane thing I have ever heard of anyone in the history of the world do with money? They will, they will take it and they will hoard it away and, and, and act like it's, it's their own uh, possession to do with what they want. And then they, they ignore everything that the Bible, everything that Jesus, everything that the church teaches about money. And their life goes completely unblessed by God. And, and, and they put their trust in this resource that's intended to be something God has blessed, but now it's become an idol in their life. And they sacrifice to the God of money and they live their lives centered around their, their financial equity and they live their lives centered around their 401k and they live their lives centered around uh, the, the income that they make instead of the one who has given them the ability to work. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen anybody do with money is to ignore everything that God says about their finances. So today I wanted to just spend a couple of moments 
talking about what Psalm 50 tells us about giving. You see, in Psalm chapter 50, the Lord is described as a judge of the people of God, and he's going to hold them accountable for their worship and their conduct. And the first thing that we really need to understand about giving, about money, about finances, is that giving is an act of worship to God. You see, a lot of times we think that worship is just lifting our hands and singing a song, and, or, or even we will, we will expand it and, and include maybe a, a public reading of Scripture. But worship also includes giving. It's a way of telling God thank you. It's a way of expressing praise and, and, and adoration and appreciation for the things God has blessed us with by giving to him and by giving to his church. It's a way to say thank you. It's a way to worship and honor God. So what is worship? What does it mean to worship? That's what's really what is, we're going to spend the, the majority of time on in this, in this video is to talk about what does it mean to worship? Well, I've got about three or four things I want to share with you, and then we'll, we'll pray and um, we'll be wrapped up. And this all comes from, from Psalm chapter 50, so uh, feel free to follow along. Number one, worship is a voluntary act. It's, a, it, it's not forced. You know, God doesn't, God doesn't force us to worship Him. Worship is a decision that we make. We choose to worship. We choose to worship. We choose to worship God. We choose how we worship. Just like God's not going to come and demand and, and make you lift your hands and make you sing songs out loud, God's not going to reach into your pocketbook or reach into your wallet and pull money out and put it in the offering plate. God's not going to reach into your checking account and write a tithe check. God's not going to reach into your bank and make a withdrawal. Giving as worship is a choice. It's a voluntary choice. It's a decision that we make in our mind. This is how I'm going to honor God. This is how I'm going to express my thanks to God. And so when we, a lot of times I think when we pull out that checkbook or we, we swipe our our debit card or, or we fill out something for online giving, we're not thinking about that. That This is a voluntary decision that, that I am, a, as, a, as a created being of God, that I am making to honor God. This is, not, this is not involuntary. We are not made to do this. God has given us the freedom to choose to worship, which takes us to the second thing about worship that I think is very interesting. Because while worship is voluntary, it is not optional. You see, let me explain that. Worship, while we get to choose who we worship and we get to choose how we worship, it's not an option of whether we will worship or not. We will worship. We will worship someone or something. We'll worship God, Jehovah, Jesus Christ, the whole, we will worship the Christian God. We will worship another deity. We'll worship our wallet or our bank account. We'll worship our leisure, 
Sometimes people worship themselves and they will worship their own person. But, but regardless, we will worship. We will worship. And it's the same thing for giving. You will give your money to something. You will make a conscious decision of the will to write a check to somewhere. And then that will be who you choose to worship and honor with that. Now, you may write a, a, a large check that, that you can't afford, that's beyond your means, that, that you're struggling just to, to make it to um, a bank or a, or a mortgage, uh, mortgage broker. Not a mortgage broker, you know what I mean. You'll, you'll write your mortgage check. And sometimes we worship our house. Now, are you saying, Pastor Josh, that because we have a mortgage that, that we are somehow offering false worship? No, I'm not saying that at all. But, but we have this mindset in, in America, especially that bigger is better. And I've got to have a bigger house and a better house and a newer house. And it's like, it, it just gets overwhelming so that we get caught up in this game of bigger and better and newer that we can't afford what we're living in. And so when you get to that place, you find yourself worshiping a false idol. And I would encourage you today, if you find, if, if you find yourself in that position, um, then, then you need to spend some time uh, discussing your worship. You see, my family, Hope and I, we're actually in the talks right now. Um, we do what we practice what's called tithing. That's basically allotting a certain percentage. Most of the people do 10% of your income and giving that to God as a way of honoring, as a way of, uh, of saying thanks. And so we've actually begun the conversation right now of when January comes to increasing that percentage, increasing that to 11% or 12%. And here's why. When I was 16, working at Walmart, pushing buggies uh, and pushing carts, you may call them carts, we call them buggies in West Virginia. I was a buggy boy uh, when I was 16. When I was working there, when I was getting paid $160 a week to work at Walmart, I was giving God 10%. Now, God has blessed me incredibly. God has blessed me so much uh, that I cannot even understand it or explain it. So do I give God the same cut? This is, if you're not there, that's cool. That's cool. You don't have to be there with me. But this is something that me and God is wrestling in together. I'm giving him the same cut. And he has blessed me so exponentially beyond when I, where I was when I was 16. And so he's just challenging me in the last, uh, last month or so. Hey, you're, you, are, you are allocating the same slice of the pie but your pie has grown incredibly. And so I started thinking, and Hope and I started talking, and we said, you know what, we should be able to do more. We should be able to do more. So we're talking about it. Do we want to go 11% or 12%? And you might be saying, yeah, what are you doing telling us that? That's just bragging. You're supposed to keep that to yourself. You're right. You're absolutely right. But you know what? You can't lead in a dark can't lead from a closet. 
And I'm just trying to tell you what we're doing, not to brag, not to, to come across as boasting. I just want you to know some of the conversations that I'm having with God, some of the conversations that our family's having, so that you can see that, and hopefully that will serve as an example for you as you and your family are trying to uh, decide and work out what you're going to do um, with, your, with your giving and with your uh, worship to God. And so here's the thing. Here's the thing we learn in Psalm chapter 50. I got two more things and we'll be wrapped up. Number three, worship. Particularly worship through giving. Because in Psalm chapter 50, God is talking to them about their sacrifices. What they were bringing to the temple as worship. You know, if you were a goat herder and you brought a goat to sacrifice, that's your financial means. So when we talk about sacrifice in the Old Testament... Really, we're talking about how the people were honoring God with their resources, with their finances, with their income. And so, listen to this. This is so, this is so interesting from Psalm chapter 50. I have no need of a bull from your stall or of a goat from your pens. For every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the field are mine. You see, here's the thing about worship, particularly worship through giving. When we give something, a lot of times we buy into this false idea that, that we're bringing something as a gift that belongs to us and we are transferring the ownership of that to God. You know, if I bring in, um, if I work and, and somebody gives, gives me $300 that I did something and I'm bringing a, a tithe of that, 30 bucks into God and I give that, the false idea, the thing the enemy wants us to buy into is that I'm taking that from my ownership and I'm transferring that ownership to God. That I'm somehow giving him. That, that, that it's something that doesn't belong to him currently and that I'm deciding to give it to him and transfer ownership to him. But here's the catch. God is the creator and owner of it all. That's what he says in Psalm chapter 50, that the cattle on a thousand hills, that's mine. Every insect in the field, those are mine. Every bull, those are mine. I don't need a bull from you because they're all mine. I don't need cattle from you because they're all mine. You don't own anything, God says. God says it's all mine. Every little bit of it is mine. God lays claim to everything in all the world, everything in all of creation, every every animal, every dollar bill, every euro, every uh, whatever else people use to, every check, every credit card, all of it belongs to, to God. It's all His. We are not giving Him ownership of something that doesn't belong to Him in the first place. Because giving is an act of thankful praise. That's all it is. It's not, it's not giving something to God that's not already His. It's thanksgiving, period. God has given it to us. We are returning a portion of it back to Him to say thank you. To say Thank you. We aren't giving something to God that wasn't his in the first place. You catch that? We're not giving something to God that isn't already his. It's all his. He claims ownership of it all. 
So worship, when we are giving in worship, it's not a gift from my possession to God's. It's simply returning to God what's already His as a way of saying thank you. It's a way of saying thank you. Number The, the second thing about worship, because we've already said that worship is voluntary, but it's not optional. It's voluntary, but it's not optional. So I guess this is the third thing. We said the second thing was worship is not a gift from my possession to God's. It's a thankful praise to the God who owns it all. The God who owns everything. So the third thing, and this is the last thing, is that worship, particularly worship through giving, is not brought to God as something that he needs or is dependent upon. This is what he says in Psalm chapter 50. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and all that is in it. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? God says, do I I need your bull? Do I need your goat? No. Do I need your 50 bucks? No, I don't need your 50. Do I need your tithe? No, I don't need your tithe. God doesn't need any of it. He says, sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High. And call on me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will honor me. You see, God isn't in need. That isn't why God has asked us to give. That's not why God has asked us to tithe because he needs something from us. God doesn't need anything from us. And and a matter of fact, let's just just clear up this misconception. Um, Just as God doesn't need nor is he dependent upon us bringing a gift or or giving, neither is his church. You see, I work under the assumption that if it's God's will, it's God's bill. You see, God provides for the church, period. God provides for the church. There's this misconception that that we have to to somehow uh, make sure all of the, uh, the, we have to make sure the people who pay the bills are happy. You know what? We do, we do. God pays the bills and we make sure he's happy. That's it. As the church, God is the one who provides. And even for you, God is the one who provides for you. God is your provider. He is, the scripture calls him Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. We don't, we don't, we don't, um, we don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. This hurricane's barreling through the East Coast as I speak. And as you watch this, or, or, or after you've, or maybe you're watching it after it's already gone through, you know what God provides? God provides. God is our provider. He is our sustainer. He is the one who upholds the church. He is the, the one who is the head of the church and who holds it together. And so if it's his will, it's his bill. You see, Since God is the one who provides for his church, it's an honor and a privilege that God even lets us be on his team. You see, he lets us be on his team and allows us to participate with him in building his church by giving. That's an honor. You see, so many of us, I think we have this misconception that that either God or the church needs me or needs my, my, my giving, needs my resources. God doesn't need anything. And God will take care of his church. It's an honor and a privilege. 
I, I consider it an honor and a privilege every time. Now, I don't write the check because I have terrible handwriting. But it's an honor and a privilege for me when my family writes our, when, we, when Hope writes our tithe check and I'm able to give that because in that moment, God is allowing me in a different way than on Sunday morning and in a different way than, than, other, than other ways that I'm involved in the church. He allows me to participate in what he's doing to expand the gospel on the earth. And that's an honor. That is a privilege. We should not take it lightly. We should take it uh, reverently and, and seriously that he allows us to participate with him. You see, God is not dependent upon us, but we are dependent upon God. And Psalm 50 makes it very clear at the very end that God is honored through prayer and thanksgiving. He says this at the very end. He says, consider this. These are the words that the Psalm 50 just went through. Consider this, you who forget God, or I will tear you to pieces, which I don't want God to tear me to pieces. Those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me. Well, what are thank offerings? Thank offerings are when we, when we give God our very best with a cheerful heart without thinking that, that this belongs to me, without, without thinking that I'm somehow giving God something that he doesn't already own, and without thinking that God is somehow dependent upon me giving it to him, that if I don't give, then he's not going to make it. You know what? God's a good God. He's great. He's good. If it's his will, it's his bill. You know, I like the way Psalm 50 ends those last couple of verses. We just talked about the one, those who, those who sacrifice thank offerings to me, honor me. And to the blameless, I will show my salvation. You know, I, uh, I want to see God move. I want to see God do amazing, incredible, impossible, blow my mind kind of things in and through our church. I want to see God display His salvation. And Psalm 50 tells us that if we honor God with thank offerings, with, with worship through giving that is done with a heart that understands that it's all God's, every little bit of it, from the cattle to the insects, it's God's. And when I give to him, I'm simply saying thank you. I'm offering a thankful praise, a thank offering. Because God isn't needing, God isn't dependent. God is very well able to provide both for himself and his church. And it's an honor that he would let me be on his team. You know, that's why we give. And I hope today, I mean, I hope you haven't, I, I don't want to come across as making anybody feel, feel guilty or or ashamed, or, or pressured in any kind of way. I simply, again, like we said at the beginning, this isn't me trying to trying to get something from you as much as it is, or, or it's not that at all. It's I personally want God's best for you, and I believe God's best for you. What, what is included in that is when we give out of, out of the resources that he's blessed us with, with a thankful heart, understanding that it's his in the first place. 
It's his. And he doesn't need it. It's just an honor to be on his team. You know what? Let me pray for you um, before we sign off uh, the video for today. Let me say a word of prayer over you and over your family um, and, and over our church. God, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege that you have given us to participate on your team. We thank you, God, for the privilege and the honor that it is, Lord, to worship you and to, to be a part of taking your gospel message to the world. We thank you for that, God. We honor that. We know, Lord, that it is not a light thing that we get to be in relationship with you. So now, God, we, we want to worship you in the right ways. God, on Sundays, we, we bring our, our, our sacrifice of praise by coming and singing and lifting our hands. But God, we also bring our thank offerings of, of finances, of resources, of money. Because God, we recognize that we will worship somebody or something. We want to make sure that we worship you. And so God, we give you what's already yours in the first place. We give it to you. We thank you, God, for the privilege. Now, Lord, we ask that as we follow Scripture, as we heed our own personal decisions to the words of Scripture, God, that you would open up the salvation that we believe is in store for the Southampton Roads community. God, we believe that you are going to show off and show yourself powerful by bringing salvation to those that others have said it's impossible for them to have their lives transformed and changed by the power of the gospel. So Lord, we are believing that as we bring our thank offerings to you, just like the end of Psalm chapter 50 says, that you will, you will prove yourself and you will show the salvation, God, that the blameless, those who are worshiping you the way, uh, the way that is true and the way that is right, that the blameless would see your salvation. God, we want to see your salvation in our church and in our community, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you, uh, I hope you uh, have got everything tied down and, and put in your garage, or, or if you've already left town, man, I hope you're not on the roads. I hope you're, you're home safe uh, or wherever you're going to stay, at a hotel or at a family member's house. Um, if you would, uh, since you are there and at your computer, uh, watching this, if you go to verticalchurch.tv, since we just talked about giving, I want to make sure you're aware of this. If you go to verticalchurch.tv, on the upper right-hand corner, just above, uh, on the homepage, just above the big um, kind of rectangle that, that shows different announcements that's coming through, you'll see a little P. Uh, if you kind of mouse over, put your, put your little arrow over that, it'll expand to say online giving. You can click on that link and it'll take you to our PayPal site where you can give securely online um, right there uh, from PayPal. That's, that's the most trusted way to give online uh, that, that, that there is on, on the Internet, really. And so you can click that button. You can put in your information. You can give online this week. And then we will see you next week at Crestwood Middle School, ready to uh, explode with the excitement of game day, ready to talk about the great things that God wants to do in our church and in our community, ready to, uh, to, to ramp up and, and gear up, ready to see what God is going to do this fall as we launch into a, a season and a movement of the Holy Spirit that's just going to leave us um, 
completely, completely blown away by the great things that God is going to do, by the numbers of people He's going to save through you and through our church in the next coming, next few few weeks and months. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Uh, hopefully you're praying and you're and you're just continuing to to trust God and believe God. Invite somebody to church next Sunday. Uh, if you have to, buy them breakfast and buy them lunch. Just get them there so that they can hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you, and we'll see you again uh, next week at Crestwood Middle School for our Sunday worship experience. Thank you. God. Somewhere.